Hello and welcome to the European Hoops Podcast. We are a Sports Eaters presentation. We bring you all the coverage you need of the EuroLeague. We recap and preview all the action and cover all the news surrounding the competition. Join us on this ride and learn more about some of the best basketball played in the world. Make sure you don't miss any episodes by subscribing to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Eaters EuroLeague. We reached the last week of our team recaps. As always, we welcome any new listeners and a big thank you to all of our loyal followers. My name is André and I have the pleasure to host the European Hoops podcast with the EuroLeague expert Diogo Valente. Diogo, are you ready to recap Panathinaikos season? Yeah, absolutely, man. Panathinaikos has been a, a team that's really been on the spotlight this offseason, so let's get into it, man. We have a very special episode today, recapping one of the European basketball giants. But before, mm. let's do some housekeeping. After today's episode, Episode, we will have only one team recap left that episode is coming out Wednesday and uh, starting next week because we take no breaks and keep covering basket for you guys during the EuroLeague offseason we will be covering the World Cup with episodes previewing each group coming out Monday Wednesday and Friday until the, the start of uh, the World Cup and then we will be covering what happens during the, the competition today we focus on Paratinaikos a historic club that won six early titles between 96 and 2011. They are the only team in Europe to achieve that mark, with uh, the 96 title being the first ever won by a Greek team, with uh, basketball greats on the team like Dominic Wilkins. Their second title came under the great coach Zajko Bradovic in 2000, with uh, a win over Maccabi in the finals on that year. They got titles in 2002, 2007, 2009 and 2011. The season that just ended was a disappointing one, with the Greens ending in 17th place, but uh, we see signs of a desire to bounce back with the team already confirming the signing of Grant, Guy, Moratti, Lucas, Vildoza, Mitoglu, Papetro, Costas Antetokopo, Tieslasort, Alexander Balcerowski, Juancho Hernan Gomez and have been linked to players like Zvi Mikhailuk during the, this uh, offseason. But uh, at the moment of the recording of this podcast, these are the ones that were already confirmed and that will be part of the team and will be representing the Greens on next season, giving indications of a team that wants to get back to their place at the top of the EuroLeague under the command of uh, the former FS coach and the EuroLeague champion Ataman that will be the, the head coach of Palatinaikos in the upcoming season. It is so far a, a guard-heavy roster but uh, we will break it down in detail ahead of the, the start of the, the season when we have all the names confirmed and we have a complete roster. We will be looking into it in detail. This season was a hard one for them inside and outside the basketball court, they have some of the best fans in the sport, pro providing an incredible atmosphere in the, one of the most enjoyable arenas in the EuroLeague. The bad results the, that the team had, there was a separation between the team and the fans. We strongly believe that steps are being taken for Paratinaikos to be back and be a force inside and outside the court. And that's uh, a big plus and something that uh, we desire to see happening in the EuroLeague. And uh, we hope to see that already on next season because both the historical club and their amazing fans are one of the strengths of the EuroLeague but regardless of that, the players still raised to the occasion at the home games. They had 8 wins and 9 losses at home games and on the road they had only 3 wins and 14 losses. For the season, Paratinaikos had, had a minus 5.1 night rating ranking 13 in offensive rating and 13 in defensive rating. What would you say that were the highlights and the lows of this season of Paratinaikos? Well, I think the lows are like you mentioned, uh, the 
the the fans aspect because uh, for me at least uh, I always grew I grew up uh, watching those Panathinaikos Olympiakos games with uh, Diamantidis, uh, Spanulis, uh, all of those guys, and the fans were always a constant in those rivalries and the environment that the fans created uh, on the gym, like it was just something amazing to see. And I think that was a, a big part of Panathinaikos uh, that lacked this season because obviously you said they were eight and nine on, at home. And uh, I think if they had the, the, their fans uh, fully present and supportive, I think they would have been much better. But obviously they were one of the worst teams in EuroLeague uh, overall, but at home they were like decent. So uh, I think those fans could have really made a difference to, to get that team some extra wins. But uh, I, I expect that to change next year for sure. Uh, I think uh, bringing in a coach like Adaman that has won uh, recently, uh, obviously the, the back-to-back titles with Efes, uh, I think they're going to try to change that culture to, to bring those fans back and to try to contend for, for, for championship. So we'll see how that goes. But as far as this season went, uh, it was never a consistent showing for, for Panathinaikos and that whole situation with Dwayne Bacon. Uh, kind of up and down season like for guys like Brigonis and Bonitka I, I expected much more from them but it, it, it never worked like it was just a, a bad season overall for them uh, they changed coach but uh, yeah we'll see what happens next year uh, I think it's going to be much better but this season it was clearly a, a failure for Panathinaik I guess some teams just have uh, such high expectations and uh, high pedigree that it's totally understandable the disappointment of the, of the fans. And I think it, it needs to come from both sides that uh, they both will pull each other up and the results will come. And there are indications of the, the roster being very competitive and we expect to see that happening. Let's see how they, they close it. Right now they have a, a bunch of elite guards and they are lacking in some other areas, but for sure there will be a good balance in the, in the end and when we we are previewing the next edition of the EuroLeague. We will uh, see how the team looks like. But sometimes seasons like this are a good reminder of what you don't want as a club. And a big step forward is about to come. Let's continue this episode by looking into the key players of this roster before we get to, to the one that uh, was for us the MVP of this team. And the four key players we will break down today. It is time to shout out players like uh, Gudiaitis, Bacon, Nate Walters, Matt Thomas, Botokalata, his brothers, Mansokas, and a special shout out to a player that I am very high on for the future, Alexandru Samotorov. They all were an important part of this roster during this edition of the EuroLeague and they deserve their praise. As we always do on these episodes, we start by looking at the player that for us is the team's MVP and our choice went with uh, George Papagiannis, the 26-year-old 7-3 Greek center. At the age of 26, Papagiannis was on his sixth uh, EuroLeague season. I'll play with Paratinaikos. He had had his first uh, EuroLeague season in 2015-16, playing six games before heading to the NBA, where he was selected at 13 in the 2016 draft. After spending some time overseas, he returned to Paratinaikos in 2018 and is now set to play for the, the first time for another EuroLeague team, Fenerbahce. He was already announced and he won't be representing Paratinaikos this uh, next season. He will be playing for Fenerbahce. He has shown to be a high-level player in the EuroLeague, adding depth and talent to a powerful Fenerbahce roster that aims certainly to be contending for a nearly title on the upcoming season. This season, the Greek giant played in 33 games, starting 22 of those, and in the 23.7 minutes per game, he averaged 8.5 points, 5.7 rebounds, and 1.2 blocks. Having some monster games, like in round 31, he was the MVP of the round on a home win over Bayern when Papagiannis had 24 points, 11 rebounds, 1 assist, 3 blocks, but more impressively, in a perfect shooting night, including 3 of 3 from 
from behind the arc. The good season granted him some NBA interest during the South season, but the player decided to stay in Europe and play for, for Fenerbahce. On his resume, Papagiannis counts with an All-Euroleague second-team nomination in the season of 21-22. For this season, he ranked second between all players in blocks per game at 1.2. Do besides wanting to hear your breakdown of Papagiannis, as you always do, about all the players that we are recapping, I want to know how you see him fitting in a front court with Mobley and Shanley that uh, he will be joining in Fenerbahce. Yeah, I was going to get into that for sure. Uh, first of all, uh, I think he had a, a decent season. Uh, obviously, his size, uh, being a lob threat, being a rim protector in EuroLeague is always a, a high-level uh, attribute and high-level players to have. Like we see cases like Walter Tavares and Fall for Olympiakos. So Papagiannis is similar to those guys. Uh, the thing I'm most curious about with his stint with Fenerbahce is he was always the main big man in Panathinaikos. So uh, with a, a front court loaded like um, like Fenerbahce has with Motley and now uh, they added Chandli from Barcelona, uh, I'm curious to see how he's going to, to fit into that. Uh, obviously, I think he gives them a very different look from from um, from Sandley because Sandley is more of a, a stretch five. Like he can, he can come outside and shoot the three and he's not a, a lob threat. He's not that tall. So I think it's going to be a, a nice mix between those guys. Obviously, they can, they can switch... Um, starting lineups depending on the matchup uh, between those two so I'm, I'm curious to see how that works maybe Motley will play the four more and I'm very curious to see how that's going to work so I think Fenerbahce is going to have a, a good season trying to contend for a final four and I think Papagiani is going to be an important part in that so we'll see what happens with him but uh, he's obviously a very good player and one of the best big men we have in Europe. I think the floor is a, a big upgrade on Jerky, but uh, he has upside to do even more and to contribute even more. Scotty Tudis will have a, a player that he knows well and he will be able to, to work with. I'm certain that Papagiannis will be a big piece on a team that will be trying to win it all next season, but they will have a tall task and a very good competition for that. So let's continue and we stay on the front court to talk about another player that won't be part of this Paratinakos roster next season, the 6'6", 29-year-old Paul forward Mateusz Ponitka that uh, will be playing for Partizan next season. The 2015-2016 EuroCup Rising Star was on his sixth EuroLeague season, joining Paratinaikos for his first season with the Greek team after a strong showing on the 2022 Eurobasket. He played 27 games this season, having started six of those, and in the 25.2 minutes per game, Ponitka averaged 8.4 points, 5.2 rebounds, 2.4 assists, and 1.1 Steals, flashing his all-around ability that certainly will be an important weapon for Coach Obradovich and Partizan to use on the, their roster next season. I will simply repeat my question regarding Papagiannis. Give us your breakdown, your balance of the his impact during this season with Paratinakos, and how do you think he'll be fitting with this uh, Partizan roster for next season? Well, for me, uh, I was expecting uh, a bit better from him this season with Panathinaikos. And first, let me just say this. like, uh, Even though Panathinaikos was obviously one of the worst teams in EuroLeague, I think they had the talent to do much better. So it's not just about Ponitka. I think a lot of guys uh, underperformed, and I will get to them a, a bit later. Um, but they had the talent, unlike teams like Ashvel or Alba. I think Panathinaikos had the talent. like It just didn't work for them. Um, and Ponitka, uh, as an all-around wing, after... The the Euro basket he had in 2022, uh, I was expecting so much better from him. 
But uh, hopefully under Coach Obradovic next season, uh, I think he's going to be able to perform at a much higher level. He's going to have a, a better supporting cast and, and a system that works. So uh, I'm expecting a lot, uh, a much better year from him next season in Partizan. And I think they're going to be able to, to try to contend for a Final Four again. So we'll see what happens. But I, I think he's going to have a much better season for sure. Adding to what you just said, Paratinaikos had not only the superior talent on paper, they also ended up the season slightly higher, but uh, a final that removed two wins from their final record placed them in this um, 17th place uh, in the games played and in the re results that they had they were slightly higher on the standings but uh, we went with uh, the, the final standings and the, the official standings the correct ones because uh, the penalty took place for a reason like you just mentioned uh, several players of this uh, team underperformed and a lot of it was about uh, they struggled to be put on a role uh, in a consistent role things were changing constantly one of the players we won't be breaking down today that maybe it was their best player at the point of the season when Baker ended up the season in the worst way possible it was too many situations that went besides the basketball that just created problems to a team that wouldn't have a big margin to fight for a playoff position they might be lacking some talent to get there but they could have performed way better and they, they clearly underperformed to their level of talent and I absolutely agree with you on that but after Punitka we break down one last frontcourt player on Derek Williams, the 6'8", 32-years-old American forward that was on his fifth year league season, all played for different teams. And uh, next season, he won't be on Panathinaikos as well. He started his early career with Bayern in 2018, followed by a season with Fenerbahce and other with Valencia, and before joining Panathinaikos, a season with Maccabi. The former NBA all-rookie second team in 2012 played 34 games this season, starting the majority of those, having the second highest minutes per game uh, on the team at 29.4 and averaging for the season 12.4 points, 3.9 rebounds, 1.2 assists and 0.8 steals per game. Like Papa Giannis and Ponitka, Williams won't be part of this roster next season. How would you define Derek Williams as a player and what balance do you make of his season? Well, obviously, uh, former NBA player, uh, lottery pick. Uh, so he struggled over there and he decided to come to, to come to Europe and he's had a I would say a decent career over here uh, he's very athletic he's strong and he has become a, a very decent scorer but uh, I don't think he's consistent as a scorer like uh, a lot of games we would see the NBA Derrick Williams like scoring 20 and some other games he wouldn't even hit double figures so I think for a guy like that who is supposed to be one of your best players uh, I think we need to see more consistency from him and uh Obviously, he's not going to stay with Panathinaikos next season, so we'll see what happens with him. But I just think he needs to be more consistent, and I think that's been one of the reasons he hasn't been able to, to find a home in Europe, like you said, uh, five seasons, all with different teams. So we'll see what happens with him. But obviously, he's a, a very talented player, and especially for this level, and he can help any team. So if anybody is looking for a frontcourt player, I think he should be an option, an option because he can help for sure. I just need to see him be more consistent. You're absolutely on point. He has the talent. He doesn't have the consistency to be able to, to provide for a team and to be a superstar of a team. You, you need to show up every night, and he sometimes likes on that front. But like all the other teams, all the other players on this team, he also likes from... He 
did have the minutes. He did have the, the starting position, but the team was so dysfunctional at times that that certainly didn't help with his consistency as well. But that's something that he has been lacking because he's a very talented player. And at age 32, if he wants to, to find a home and be able to, to finish strong his career, he needs to, to find ways to, to improve on that front. But uh, we will now look into Paratinaco's backcourt, starting with their point guard, Parisley, another player that is on his way out. This time around, joining Asval in a return to the French League after starting his early career with a team that uh, plays on that league, Monaco. Lee was on his second EuroLeague season, the 28 years old, six feet American guard with a Cameroonian passport, played in uh, 33 games, starting 17 of those, averaging 27.1 minutes, 11.2 points, 1.8 rebounds, 3.9 assists, and 1.4 steals per game. Lee's calling card is his defense, and indication of that is him ranking third in steals per game at 1.4. Also, a shout out to the Role Players podcast that had a great interview with Paris Lee recently that I recommend you guys to go and listen to it. Duke, what can Asphalt's fans expect from Lee and what balance do you make of uh, his performance? Well, I think he was one of the most consistent players for Panathinaikos this past season. Um, I didn't expect that to be the case. Uh, I think he would help, uh, obviously, but uh, I didn't expect him to be probably the most consistent player for them. He is very skilled. Uh, I love his ability to drive left. Obviously, he's a lefty. Uh, but he's a very good shooter, like you said, a, a very good defender. And for his size too, it's pretty remarkable that he's such a good defender at, at that size. Um, I would like to see him develop a better like floater game because I think he's very good uh, attacking the basket uh, for his left. But he's very small to be able to finish in the paint. So I think he needs to have a, a better mid-range game, a better floater game. Not that it's bad, no, don't get me wrong. But uh, I think he could be much better and I think he would take his game to another level. Um, as far as his fit in Asvel, uh, I think it's a bit weird because they have uh, Nandekolo, they have Debost, they signed Frank Jackson as well. Uh, I think that's a lot of guards. Uh, obviously, Decolo can play the two and he has the size for that. But uh, I don't think that was their needs, but we will address that uh, on the Asvel episode. But uh, yeah, hopefully he can have a role there and, and help them. But uh, I just think there are too many guards, but uh, we'll see what happens there. He is the type of guy that always show up and performs and tries his very best. He was one of the bright spots of this Paratinaikos team. But let's continue on their backcourt as we break down the last player that we will be breaking down on this episode. Maris Grigon is the 6'6", 29 years old Lithuanian shooting guard that was on his fifth Euroleague season. After starting his career with Chalgiris, he was playing for the first time with Paratinaikos. The biggest issue for Grigonis this season was the lack of stability in his role and as a personal admirer of his game and it was at times frustrating to, to see it. He played in 27 games, started 7 of those and in the 17.9 minutes per game he averaged 8.2 points, 1.6 rebounds, 1.6 assists and 0.4 steals per game. It was only after a coach change and later in the season that uh, we saw some flashes of his ability and, and the value that he can add and perform at a higher level and help uh, contribute for a team to, to play better. It wasn't an easy season for, for him, but he will continue with this roster. They have a very crowded backcourt, but uh, he is a player that has some size and he has ability to play up in a lineup. He, he can give them some small forward minutes that uh, it's something that uh, would be crucial with the roster as it stands right now. I think he can perform better. He can have a better season next year. What takes do you have on Grigoni is the way he performed and also if he can take a step forward and perform better next season. Well, uh, I think Grigoni's situation is pretty similar to Ponitka uh, from my point of view. Uh, in, 
that the case being that I was expecting a, a much better season from them. Uh, obviously, he's an all-around player. He's skilled. He can do a bit of everything. But uh, I do believe he will have a better season next year. Uh, I think we know Ataman loves uh, playing with guards, so they are crowded uh, in the in the backcourt. But I think he's going to be able to have a role. And like you said, sometimes in three guard lineups, I, I think he's going to be able to play the small forward position because he has some size, like you mentioned. So I, I think he's going to be better. Um, if he's going to have the role of being like one of the primarily ball handlers, I don't think so. But uh, I do believe he can help them win games next year. And obviously that's going to be their their goal. So we'll see what Adaman is, uh, is able to bring out of him. But I think it's going to be much better than this season. I think it'll be a step forward. I agree with you. So let's yeah. end this episode by breaking down Paratinaikos head coach Christos Cerellis that uh, took over the team during the season and uh, was able to revamp the team in the later stages of the season, showing some personality and some fighting spirit that lacked early on. The Greek league coach of the year in 2021 returned to Paratinaikos in February after serving as the team assistant coach in early 2022. Duke, what balance do you make of this Cerellis uh, performance and uh, what can Paratinaikos Atinaikos fan expects from coach Ataman on the next season? Well, uh, I think it's tough. Uh, it was a short stint for, for us to really be able to evaluate uh, what he could do as a coach of this team. Uh, but an example is, like you said, uh, when he came in and Grigonis uh, was one of the players that started to play better. Um, I think the Bacon situation had something to do with it because obviously there was more space for other guys to, to step up in bacon absence. But uh, I do think with Ataman, it's going to be completely different. Uh, obviously, he, he's a winning coach. He, he won um, two recent EuroLeague titles. So I think he's going to be able to change the culture over there and bring that winning vibe to, to Panathinaikos again. Uh, I hope those fans really show up because Panathinaikos is such a huge team in Europe that uh, they, do, they should be at the top because that's where they've always been. Uh, obviously, they now went to a rebuilding process, but they they seem like they are ready to to turn things around and to, to get back to contending. So we'll see what happens with them. But I'm I'm very excited to see Panathinaikos season next year. They've had some very good uh, signings, and so. If, but uh, I think Panathinaikos is going to be so much better next year, and I, I think they're going to at least make the playoffs. Panathinaikos fans are some of my my favorites. I don't have favorite teams in the Euroleague, and I love to cover it and uh, see it from the point of view of all the teams. But uh, I might need to take the dust away from my old Diamantidis Panathinaikos jersey and go down there and maybe watch some games there because I think it will be an incredible atmosphere as it's a most of the time is over there with those great fans I'm sure they'll be stepping up as the team is trying to it will be amazing to, to watch and it's always good to have a good Paratinaikos it's a better Euro league when they are playing at that level and competing for titles they are certainly trying to, to raise their level for next season we have reached the end of this episode tune in Wednesday for our last team recap of the 22-23 Euro league season and uh, stick around as we don't take breaks at the European Hoops podcast and and by the end of the day, on Monday, we will have our first World Cup review episode coming out. And we will bring you episodes every Monday, Wednesday and Friday until the start of the competition. Besides covering the competition for you guys. Subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Itos Euroleague, where we bring you any news that break about the competition, must-watch games, injury reports and our daily trades in the end of each day of the competition, bringing you all the highlights of the action. My name is Andre and I'll be seeing you guys soon. Bye guys. See you on next episode.